Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Each week when you join me, Podcast One, you're going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. Come on this journey with me. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. It's been a crazy week with some interesting things going on. For those of you who don't know, I was very successful in corporate America. I had a 20-year run in corporate America, an area that I used to believe was well-lit and safe. Boy, was I wrong. You're never safe in corporate America. The reality is you are basically entrusting that things won't change, your boss won't change, and your company won't be acquired. Well, the CEO I worked for for 14 years became ill. He elevated his daughter and she fired me immediately, which is what has started me down this new path two years ago. I wrote and self-published my first book, Confidence Creator. I got out, hit the ground running trying to promote that book and got picked up as a professional speaker. I then launched my online confidence course. I then launched my podcast that you're listening to right now. Thanks so much for listening. And it's been a wild ride since. I actually wrote my second book and I just finished my book proposal this morning. And I'm so excited to go back to the agent that I had been working with a few months ago. I basically had been back and forth with an agent on my initial book proposal for the second book. She came back to me, wanted a bunch of changes, and I was transitioning into my TEDx talk at that time, beginning to prepare. And I remember just thinking, I can't handle all of these things right now. I I just jumped into the speaking business. I had just jumped into the podcast world, and now I was jumping into the TED talk world, and it was overwhelming. So I had to evaluate things and let something go, and I decided to drop or to put to the side the, uh, basically put to the side my book proposal. And I shelved it until I got a DM on social media from one of my followers saying, what's going on with the second book, Heather? And it was such a good kick that I needed. And I said, oh my gosh, I I need to get this work done get back to this agent and get this going. So I'm super excited somebody prodded me. Um, If you've got someone in your life, prod them today because we need reminders. And it was a, a welcomed kick that I'm really excited I got because today it's done. I am shipping it off to the agent. We are praying we get good feedback. It's been a tremendous amount of work. And I wanted to share with you, it's so interesting that, and I found this agent through cold calling. I researched the biggest person that I see in the self-help personal development space currently, which is Rachel Hollis. And I Googled her. I Googled her agent. I found her agent. Her agent said that I wouldn't be the right fit for her, but she has a partner who leans more towards business. And that agent handed me to her partner and her partner said I could be a good fit, but I would have to rework some things. So I, now I've reworked these things. Now I have a little bit more time to focus on this and the Ted talk is done and now we are moving forward. So fingers crossed on that one. I will let you know. I, I should hear back by next week, I hope. So hopefully I can let you know next week what's going on. One of the crazy things that I've learned being in corporate America, or I'm sorry, not being in corporate America, being on my own, not knowing what the path is, and you know, creating my own path, 
is that things don't happen as quickly as I would like. In the olden days in corporate America, I knew how long, I knew what the sales cycle was. I knew how long it would take to get to someone. I knew how long it would take to get the next promotion. It was sort of all played out and I could piece it together easily. Now that I'm on my own, I don't really know what's happening next. I'm creating it. So sometimes the timelines get a little frustrating, foggy, and they don't happen soon enough. And I want to share this with you because if you're frustrated like me, you just have to hang in there. And I share this all the time. 97% of people will give up and they're going to go to work for the 3% that didn't. And that's true in anything, whether you're in your job trying to get promoted or you know, you're focused on doing something on the side. Don't give up on it because you never know how close you are. And I have so many instances of this recently. So when I, a couple of episodes ago, I interviewed Ed Milet. I went out to Laguna Beach to his home to interview him. We were hanging out and talking after the show, which I always recommend go face to face on anything important. It is a game changer. So I got the chance to show him my TED Talk. He said to me, listen, you're a really strong speaker. You need to be speaking more and getting paid more. So we were strategizing and talking about how can we make that happen. He was super helpful. And he said, write this down. I want you to write down this platform. It's called Let's Engage. I'm on it. It, it, This thing is, it's right up your alley, Heather. It's a lot of motivational, inspirational speaking opportunities. I think you need to be there. Well, I took a ton of notes that day and then... I went to meetings after that, and then I went on interviews after that, and I was in L.A. for a few days, and then I flew home, and then I went to New York, and, you know, again, just a million things going on. Last week, when I was organizing all of my notes, I saw that one note that I hadn't followed up on, and it's so key that we go back and review things. I miss things all the time. I'm sure you do, too, so I'd like to take those, you know, a day, at least once a month to go through all my old emails, all my old notes and pull out anything that I could be missing and put it to the top of my to-do list. So I jumped on that Let's Engage platform. I spoke to the founder. We had an amazing call. We just hit it off and he happened to be going to see Ed Milet the next day. So the timing was really good because then he was going to talk to Ed about me. And you you just never know what picking up the phone and, and jumping out there, putting yourself out there, what can happen. So they put me up on their platform. He happened to meet with Ed, got good feedback. And now he's saying, hey, I think that I want to run some ads for you, which I didn't even know people do. I didn't know my speaker bureaus haven't done that currently, but apparently some do. So again, there's so much out there that we don't know is possible. I only thought speakers promoted themselves I did, or ran ads for themselves. I didn't know companies did that. So I'm learning as I go. Cut to uh, a year ago, I was introduced to the president of one of the largest speaking bureaus in the country. And he was not interested in picking me up at that time because they were more into political was their niche and something else, but it wasn't really business and they didn't feel, he didn't feel I was the right fit at the time. Since then, we've forged a friendship over the last year and out of the blue, he sends me a note this week saying, hey, I was in California. I met this speaker agency that really, you know, works with Brene Brown, works with a bunch of female business speakers, inspirational, motivational speakers. And I feel like, Heather, you could be an ideal fit for them because Brene Brown is booked for the next year solid already. Why wouldn't you know you work with them and when they get requests for her, they could hand them to you instead? 
creating a new revenue stream for the agency, creating additional revenue stream for me. He said it just really aligns well. So what's interesting and I took from that is while he might not have been the right fit for me, the fact that I constantly follow up with him, I go to meet with him and we've become friends as a result of our initial meeting, even though we weren't the right fit, is now turning into a new opportunity for me. So, you know, sometimes we might think, oh, I don't want to go to this meeting or I don't need to go or who knows what will come out of it. I have built everything in my life off of that that idea that I will go, I will show up, I will follow through. And yes, sometimes nothing happens. You know, I've been working back and forth with Kim Gravel on a clothing line concept for HSN now for months. And it was funny. I always feel like I'm driving that woman crazy because I'm texting her all the time. I'm shooting her emails. I'm commenting on her social media. Hint, hint, that is the best way to get a hold of somebody and get their attention. And so I'm always trying to support her, but stay top of mind with her because we have, we've created an amazing, beautiful deck and pitch. And on social media the other day, someone commented, Heather, I wish you had a clothing line because I would buy it. And I said, oh my gosh, yes, I'm working on it. And I jumped right on Kim's text uh, thread and said, is there any way we can talk? And she called me right back. So not giving up is critical. And you might think you're annoying someone, but trying to do it in a positive and supportive way is important. It turns out she had her own things going on. She'd been super busy over the holidays and she felt now was a good time to re-engage. So she gave me some constructive feedback. I'm redoing the deck and I told her I'll have it back to her by Monday. So that's another potential that's out there. I always believe in the octopus strategy for revenue that we have to have multiple streams going all the time so that if one stream falls down for any reason, we're going to be fine and we have a bridge to replace it. Okay, so this week I got the opportunity to speak for University of Miami Law School, which is funny because for years I I had lawyers on a pedestal. You know, they had more schooling than me. They were more academic than me. But what I've learned is most lawyers struggle with sales. Most of them don't even understand they're in sales, but a big part of most attorneys' jobs is to bring new business in. Let me decode that for you. That is sales 101. So what I've discovered is sales is really my expertise. That's my background. Everything I did with sales and sales leadership in corporate America for 20 years. And what I've learned being an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, is and a podcast host is Everyone's in sales. I had to sell my book. I have to sell people to come on my podcast as a guest. I have to sell myself for speaking engagements. Attorneys have to sell themselves and their firms to clients to bring them in and bring a new business. And so now it's when I go and speak to law students or attorneys, I feel really confident in my ability to help them, to teach them, and to share how to sell, how to overcome adversity, how to be the best version of themselves, how to be the most confident attorney they can be. And it's really exciting where it used to be really scary for me. The first time I spoke for an attorney office was a year and a half ago. And I remember being really, really nervous, cut to this past week where I went in really excited. I didn't even have to prepare because I know the key points that they needed to take away, which really focused around sales, of course, around creating confidence as well. 
but I now go into a situation feeling really confident in who I am and my abilities and the value that I can bring to them. So it's really important that we celebrate what our strengths are and distill it down as simplistically as possible to make sure that we connect with the audience, which I did and and felt really good about about that talk that I gave. And actually one of the questions that I got after the talk was, how do we get hired? These are law school students and they're not out in the real world yet. So, you know, that was another opportunity to convey to them that we're living in the best time ever where we can connect with people on social media. We can research everything and anything about someone online. And if we're willing to do our due diligence, do our homework, whether you're trying to land Gary Vaynerchuk as a guest on your show, or you're trying to get hired by the biggest law firm in the country, you can find anything and everything out about someone who they're connected to. You can find points of connection for you and that person. You can figure out how how you can add value to them, solve their problems, and make it really turnkey. So uh, it was such it was such a great opportunity for me to see how I could add value and learn from them on what their struggles and challenges were, which was really really interesting. Do you remember when you started your small business? I remember it was two years ago. It was no small feat. It took a lot of late nights, early mornings, and the occasional all nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. True that. So why not make things a little easier? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Who wants to do that? Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free for 30 days. No catch and no credit card required. Go to FreshBooks.com slash confidence and enter creating confidence in the how did you hear about us section. Get started now. Okay, so... Another pretty cool thing happened during the Super Bowl. A friend of mine from New York had got me invited to a party. And he said, listen, I know a lot of people that are going to be there. I want you to go. So, of course, I went. And at this party, I met a lot of different people, went up and introduced myself to people. And some people had recognized me and came up to introduce themselves. So it was this great networking opportunity, even though the traffic was insane, complete nightmare, but whatever. It was worth it. So... I I brought one of my girlfriends along as a wing woman. We had a great time, met a lot of people. One of the people that I met or got reintroduced to is someone that had reached out to me on LinkedIn. Gosh, this must have been six years ago, back when I was in corporate America. He was running a number of different businesses. He was an investor, and he wanted some help around sales and marketing. He had sent me a note and said, do you consult on the side, which I didn't. I said, no, I don't. However, your your office is right down the street from me. I'll come in, meet with you. Let's see if I can um, help you out a little bit. So I took, you know, an hour out of my day one one random day six years ago, met with him, gave him a little bit of advice, and that was it. Moved and moved on, forgot about it. Well, he happened to be at this party randomly. Do good and good always comes back to you. And he came up to me and reintroduced himself. He's still following me on LinkedIn, which if you don't, please follow me on LinkedIn. I definitely put up a lot of great content there. And he reintroduces himself to me. He's now left that 
company he was formerly with. He's doing something different now. And he also happens to be on the board of YPO. Now, YPO is a group that hires professional speakers in every state across the country nearly every month. I mean, it's a huge opportunity to break into one that I would, that's on my target list of speaking opportunities I want to break into because they pay so much for speakers. They're very highly regarded and they're so just breaking into that one entity would reveal an opportunity of hundreds of speaking opportunities for me. You know, there's so many different ways to approach the speaking business. You know, do you go through agencies, through speaker bureaus, or do you target specific companies that just hire a lot on their own? This would be that type of an opportunity. So you need to get one YPO speaking engagement to create a ripple effect of your reputation so that people start reviewing and recommending you within that organization. It's a really smart, efficient strategy. Wouldn't you know, he comes up to me and says, hey, I'm on the board of YPO. You helped me out years ago. I've been seeing that your speaking business is taking off. I'd love to invite you to a YPO meeting so that the entire board can see you speak. I believe that once you speak once for YPO, you'll be getting speaking engagements across the country. So yes, he did follow up with me this week. I'm so glad my friend invited me to that party, which neither one of these two are connected, but it was the fact that someone got me the invite. I chose to show up and give it a chance, and then I had done something nice for someone years ago, and it just resurfaced for me. So I'm really excited, and yes, I'm going to go to this YPO retreat where I know nobody, and I'm going to speak for them with you know, the return on this investment being that it could be worth literally millions of dollars if things go well. And I'm sure they will. I'm going to go in with a great attitude. I'm going to lead with taking a chance on me and going all in, which I hope you are doing too. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, just like me. And I bet it can be hard work because it really is. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Okay, so enough about me. We need to get to my amazing guest. And if you have ever thought about the challenge of having a difficult conversation, my next guest is going to help you get around it. And let's be honest, who hasn't? Who hasn't dealt with difficult conversations or hasn't avoided difficult conversations? Now is the day and time to step into it. Hang tight. We'll be right back. And welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet my guest, David Wood. After life as a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, David built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching. Very impressive. He believes tough conversations we avoid are our doorways to confidence, success, and even love in both work and life. David coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, and teams, and even prison inmates to amazing results and connection, one conversation at a time. Thanks for being here, David. Thanks for having me, Heather. I'm so excited. I have so many tough conversations in my life, and so I'm so interested in learning more. Can you share a little bit of background on your very interesting life with, with our listeners? Sure. I... 
was very left-brained. That's how I, I grew up. I didn't realize that I shut down my emotions as a kid. And I wasn't very good at being relational with people, but I got good at creating results and systems and numbers. So that was my career as a consulting actuary, which is basically advising big multinationals on their risk profiles and uncertainty and how to manage that. And then I discovered personal growth. Woohoo. And I was, I was very cynical. I was very cynical. Like they were all wearing name tags and they're all smiling too much. And I figured they're just, it's some, some scam to get weak willed people out of their money. Well, sometimes I think that is the case, but okay. <laughs> Maybe, but they cracked my cynicism open. I, I found that they, their heart was really in it and they cracked me open and I got a taste of coaching in, in the course. I couldn't help myself if someone was stuck. I'd ask them a question that would help them get unstuck. And I'm like, this is really good. And then someone had a business card. This is back in 1997. Someone had a business card that said coach. And I'm like, you can, you can get paid for this. <laughs> so at the end of 98, I finally decided to, I would quit my job already. I'd gone back to Australia and I was an entertainer. I was basically a one man band uh, for pubs and parties. I was just doing, taking a sabbatical. And then I decided to print off my own business cards and see what happened if I started coaching and training. And that was 20 years ago. The rest is history. So what was so special or unique about what you were doing that brought you that level of success? You mean the level of success where I was number one on, on Google for life yes. coaching and 150,000 uh, email addresses? Wow. Well, one thing I think that helped a lot was my affinity for systems. I'm a geek and I love programming. So when I see, and a business is basically a bunch of systems. So when I wanted to get ranked on the search engines, I went and Googled how to, how to do it and went and tried it. And this was back before anyone was doing SEO for life coaching. I was number one, four and seven on, on some of the major search engines. People were complaining. So I think it was my, my nerdiness that really helped me set up the systems. And another thing that was useful is I tend to go for it. I may not be sure that I'm going to be successful, but I want to know that I tried. So I stalked Jack Canfield um, to try and build a relationship with him for years. And I would ask people with big stages if I could come and come and speak. I mean, I just, I just went and pitched myself to uh, the Mind Valley podcast. And I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to get on the Mind Valley, Valley podcast at this stage. But then someone gets back to me and says, hey, let's set it up. You just don't know. So I think being daring has really helped me to be successful. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at 
every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to did we just hit a million order stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify What I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. And being daring is really being able to step out of your comfort zone. And I know that you work with people on helping them to do that. So how have you been able to do that so readily and how do you help people do that? I wonder if I have done it so readily or if it's been hard. My mother used to say to get me to do something, all she had to do was tell me it couldn't be done when I was a kid. And then it motivated you to go, to go. Yeah. I'd be like, really? So I think I've always been a possibility generation machine. Like what would it take or how could that happen? Or what if I asked in a different way? I've always done that, but it's not, it, I don't want to give the impression it's been easy. Sometimes it's really scary and I push my edge. I think I'm willing to be uncomfortable 
So as an example, I went to the Transformational Leadership Council retreat um, about a year ago in Montreal. So this, this is for people who don't know, this is Jack Canfield and John Gray. Marianne Williamson used to be a member. Don Miguel Ruiz, a lot of people from The Secret are part of this group. And I'm fortunate enough to be a member. And I was really starstruck. I, I often am. I really feel out of my element when I'm with these people because I'm not there watching them speak. I'm there as a colleague. And I'm like, like someone's got to find me out at some point. There's <laughs> imposter syndrome. And I noticed after the retreat that I made four requests that were really edgy for me. I asked Jack if he'd be interested in writing a book together. And I'm pretty sure he gets a thousand offers a year. So that was edgy for me. I asked an Oscar winning producer who I just met what it would take to do a ride along the next time he's filming a movie. Uh, and I asked a woman I just met if she'd be interested in going to Columbia with me. So these were all edgy for me, but the insight I had at the end of it was these were all tough conversations, but my win had nothing to do with the result. If Jack says yes, that's a bonus. If she says yes to Columbia, it's a bonus. The producer did say yes to the ride-along, but I felt good about myself because I was self-expressed and I spoke up. That's the real win. Any results that come out of it are wonderful, but they're pure bonus. So you just, while you were explaining that, I could, I was thinking of my, I just gave a TEDx talk a couple of weeks ago. And right before I was going to go on, I went into pure panic mode, which has never happened to me. And the only way I could calm myself down is I said, if you don't walk out there right now, you'll never forgive yourself. If you go out there and blow it, I'm going to be so proud of you. And that was the push that I needed to take. It didn't matter how it went once I was in the circle. I just wanted to walk out to the circle and try. And so I totally agree with you. That's definitely how I get over my, my hurdles, whatever the fear could be in any moment. Yeah. I think we have this delusion that we think we're supposed to feel confident before we do something. It's like, oh, I'll go and speak when, I, when I'm feeling confident about it. Or look at, look at that guy or that woman. They, they seem to have confidence. It's not hard for them. But for me, it's edgy to go and ask a woman out. Or for me, it's edgy to go and get up on stage. No, let's let that go. The whole idea that you've got to have confidence first. I think it's about being willing to be uncomfortable. So don't wait until you can step into the cold shower and have that be easy and comfortable. Go and do it, screaming and freaking out and breathing and being willing to be uncomfortable. And um, Dan, I always get these names confused. Dan, it's either Sullivan or Kennedy. One of those Dan's talks about you, you need courage first, just courage be uncomfortable, go and do it before you have the confidence. See, when you first start doing something, you probably don't have a lot of competence. So therefore you don't have the competence, uh, the confidence, and that's natural. That's normal. All you need is the courage. Go and do it a bunch of times and you will develop the competence from that. Uh, same with tough, tough conversations. You develop your competence. And then once you have the competence, now you have the confidence and you won't need as much courage. But don't go around thinking, I'll wait until I have the competence or the confidence to do it. No, you got to be uncomfortable. It can feel terrible doing some of this stuff. 
Oh, I could not agree with you more. I, I, and for two decades, when I was in corporate America, I lived the very safe life where I didn't put myself out of my comfort zone. I didn't challenge myself to have a difficult conversation, a tough conversation, or to you know step into fear, to step into a TEDx circle or a big stage. And for the past two years, I discipline myself every single day to step into that fear. And it truly does become easier over time because it becomes your new norm. Again, the TEDx was my recent real scary moment. So you can have those spikes of, oh my gosh, here's fear. It's back again. Even though I've been getting better at this, you know, I kind of fell off the horse today. So I'm, I'm learning that it, it isn't just like a, you know, a, a natural climb. Yeah. Um, I feel a little sad. I think it's such a shame that like, like when I get up on stage, I don't look scared. I look like this often, but I, I, I can be so terrified. Once when I went on national television in Australia, I, I was, um, I told you I was an entertainer. So I was playing guitar in pubs and parties and I applied to go on our national gong show in Australia. I thought it'd be good press for me. Bizarre, so, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was an entertainer and I wanted to go on, on, on TV playing guitar and singing so people could see what I was doing. And um, I wasn't a very good singer <laughs> at all. So I'm backstage in the green room about to go on national television. And at the time, we only had five channels, five stations. So this was a big deal. And I'm wearing a kilt. <laughs> and I'm about to go and sing 500 Miles by the Proclaimers with a really bad Scottish accent. And I'm so scared that I'm going to get the notes wrong. I won't find the key. I'll forget the words. And I'm going to be seen by everybody I know. And I started to, I started to lose a little bladder control. Oh Just a touch. I think I lost three drops. Do you think that helped me relax or get even more terrified? More that, terrified. That now I'm going to pee myself on national television wearing a kilt. So... Don't look at people who are successful and just assume they don't have fear and they don't have to uh, dig into their courage. I was so terrified. In fact, I had my overnight bag with me. I went and put on two extra pairs of underpants <laughs> just in case. And then I went on and I did the national gong show. And if you search for Mr. Woody on YouTube, <clears throat> you'll probably find it. But there's an example of being willing to move through terror. Now, don't go too far. I don't want everyone to go out there and just overdo things and go into trauma because that's another thing. You've got to know when to say, am I pushing myself into the sweet spot where there's growth or am I pushing myself too far where I'm going to burn out and have trauma and overwhelm? I don't but I don't think, do you like think that. that happens often? I don't know anyone that lives like that. In, in trauma and overwhelm? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? It happens a lot. Uh, it happened for me because I, I consider myself the spiritual warrior and I thought there were no limits. And so one thing that I found is I was scared of abandonment because of my early childhood history. So I, some of my friends were doing open relationships and dating more than one person. And I was scared of it. And I thought, I'm going to lean into this can I love someone and keep an open heart when I'm terrified of abandonment? But I found 
uh, and also paragliding. I'd go and jump off a mountain in Nepal and go up to 10,000 feet. I didn't have any kind of calibration or awareness of what was too much for my body. And I went into anxiety and depression from dating open relationships. I found that that's just too much for me. Someone might go up on stage and might actually be traumatized by it. They might not be ready for a big stage. They might want to start with a small stage. Some people work too many hours and they're burning themselves out. So um, I, I've coached people and I've, I've actually done it myself where I've gone and confessed to a crime and risked prison. Now, you've got to be ready for that. Don't do that unless you've done the work and you're actually willing to go to prison for something you're confessing to. So this is very important. I'm all about pushing yourself, but you're the only one who can decide, just like a parent would with a child, how much pushing is good for the child and when to say to the child, hey, you don't have to do that. You can do that when you're ready. To me, that sounds like having self-awareness, having boundaries to protect yourself, which is critical in in life. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you really did. That was an eye-opening story there. I I broke my back in Colombia last year. It's been a year now since I broke my back paragliding. And I learned like, wow, I've really got to, you know, be courageous. That's great. But choose where I'm being courageous and how to manage my risk. I'm giving up my wing. I've touched the sky. I got away with it because I'm walking again. And uh, yeah, you got to know when's too much. So let's get back to the importance of tough conversations, how that affects confidence, the role that that plays with fear and why tough conversations are so important. Cause this is a topic that I've never addressed, nor have I even had dialogue around this. Yeah. Um, You know, tough conversations are like the elephant in the room that no one's talking about. Sometimes we don't even see the elephant because we just sweep it under the carpet. That's going to be too awkward. Let's not even think about it. So it's natural to avoid tough conversations. I get it. I'm not making anyone wrong for that. And there are good reasons to avoid the conversations. Um, The main two that I've discovered is a fear of discomfort. Again, we don't want to be uncomfortable or awkward or feel sad or angry. And we don't want someone else feeling sad or angry or distancing themselves from us because that'll feel uncomfortable too. So fear of discomfort is one reason. And the second reason that we avoid it is fear of loss. If I have a tough conversation, if I confess to something, my partner may break up with me or my boss might get annoyed at me and I'm not going to be included on on that project anymore. Uh, I might lose my job. I might lose my freedom and go to prison. So there are good reasons to avoid it and I get it. But I think what the brain is missing is the potential upside. We're not walking around assessing things objectively and saying, wait, there are three or four good reasons that I might want to have that conversation if someone could show me how to have it artfully. And here are some of the upsides. One, um, you get to feel self-expressed. As a kid, I wasn't very self-expressed. I didn't know it, but um, when it came to bullies, 
I didn't know how to speak to them. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. When it came to girls, I didn't know how to ask them out. I had to talk to them. It felt horrible. So I've learned that self-expression in and of itself is a win, even if we don't get the results. Now, you mentioned a, a great benefit as well, which is related to that, which is confidence, which is another word for self-esteem. So whenever I have a tough conversation, let's say nine times out of 10, I like myself more and my confidence goes up because I have agency now, the ability to influence something. I'm speaking up. My voice matters. There's dignity there even before we get to a result. So we've got confidence and self-esteem. Another benefit is usually your connection with the other person will increase. Now it's true. You might have a train wreck and it might take a second round or a third round, or they may have a reaction and it might take time for them to get over it. But usually, even if you disagree and they won't give you what you want, the fact that I'm sharing my honest world and I'm getting their honest world, we're more connected. And then the fourth one is the obvious one. You can get amazing results out of having a tough conversation. You can ask someone who has a big audience if you can be on their stage. That's a tough conversation. You can ask a prospective client for their business. You know, it's funny hearing you give those examples. To me, those do not sound like tough conversations at all. And this is opening my mind to everybody views a tough conversation differently. To me, a tough conversation is, to some, is with someone I have an existing long lasting relationship with, and we have a disagreement or an issue, or like you said, an elephant in the room that we haven't been addressing for a while. The idea to me to ask someone if I could take a stage is whatever. It's no big deal at all. I don't even know the person. Like there's no, that doesn't sound challenging to me, but the idea of an intimate relationship where we haven't been addressing an issue. This is um, when I was in corporate America at the end of my run, working at a company for 14 years, the man I had worked for, I had a very close relationship with. He was like a second father to me. He wasn't being honest with me that his sister was taking over the company. I saw a number of you know clues going on and I kept trying to bring it up softly because I could tell he didn't want to have the conversation. The angst and anxiety I went through during that year because of that tough conversation that never really occurred it was horrible. To me, that's a really tough conversation when I know someone doesn't want to sit down and be transparent and honest with me. And I know they're in pain and I know I'm in pain and I'm afraid of what that real answer is. That sounds horrible to me. Yeah. It sounds to me like the stakes were high yes. for that conversation. <laughs> You're, you've got a, a connection. The person matters to you. They may have some kind of power over you. If it's, if it's a boss or a partner or a parent, you know, there's a lot of power. So that can increase the stakes. And another category of tough conversation for some people, what if you're, um, what if you're on a plane and the person's bumping your seat behind you? <laughs> That's really hard and difficult for me. What? Um, Are you kidding me? Why wouldn't you just turn around and say, knock it off? I, I've got history from being a kid and being picked on from kids behind me putting chewing gum in their hair and stuff like and slapping me over the head. So I get triggered and it's, and it's a, an edge for me. What if someone's you're, you're on a, tr on a train and someone's speaking really loud 
on the phone, right? Or some kids are laughing and having, you know, whatever, and, and it's a quiet carriage or something like that. Those, these things for a lot of people, including me, can be really tough conversations. So you don't have to have uh, a long-term relationship with someone and you don't have to have a current relationship with someone. Another category is cleaning up things from the past. So I, one of my toughest was calling a bully from school from 30 years ago because I've been holding on to resenting him for 30 years and I'd finally decided to let it go and my coach suggested that it'd be more powerful if I had a direct interaction. I said, you're kidding me. No, I'm not going to do it. It took quite a bit of coaching because I was afraid. I was afraid. I, I didn't even know what I was afraid of until the coach helped me see. I was afraid that he would think I was a total idiot and would judge me for making a phone call like that. What happened? I'm dying to know. What happened is I, once I found out what I was afraid of, I had access to making the call because I realized, ah, oh, that's, that's what I'm afraid of. And my coach said, why don't you lead with that? So I called him and I said, I'm so nervous to have this call because I'm worried you're going to think I'm a complete idiot. And he said, well, I'm curious now. What is it? what's going on? And I told him, I, I felt like you one up to me all through school. And I tried to do the same to you, but you were better at it. And I just, I've, I've resented you for 30 years and I'm letting it go. Like life's too short. I wanted to let you know. And then he said the most amazing thing. This is this jerk that I went to school with said, what can I say or do now to help you or us to move forward? That was wonderful. It, it transformed my re reality. That's the fifth benefit of a tough conversation. Whatever you think is real can shift with a tough conversation. So it was not just now in my world, this jerk was a caring person, but my subconscious started running that through going, well, who else in the world that I thought was a jerk could be a caring person? It just totally opened my my reality. Wow. That's a really profound, it sounded crazy to me. You were making that phone call. I have to tell you, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just wild because it's so far, from so long ago. It's, it's so interesting. It had that powerful, positive impact on your life. Well, I'd call this black belt moves. So if you're just starting out in tough conversations, no need to do that. No need to do what another client did, which is to go and confess to a burglary that he committed when he was 15 right? I've, I've confessed to a crime myself. You don't have to go that far. I called a girl, girlfriend from high school days who'd broken up with me twice and given me the cold shoulder twice. And I'd always hated her for that. Called her, completed it. That's black belt stuff. You don't have to do that. You can start with the small things, speaking up with things, uh, with your current partner, your current boss, you don't, I call it black belt level to go back and start cleaning up the past, huge benefit to it, but you want to develop your skills on, on some easier things before you go for the, the huge ones. And everybody's easy is going to look different, right? Depending yeah. on what they're comfortable with. Right. Some things that might be easy for, for me, you might go, no, I'm not going to do that one. Uh, so again, don't traumatize yourself. Just push yourself into that sweet spot where you're growing and it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's not totally, not totally traumatic.
I, I, I had a podcast interview yesterday or the day before, and the host was like, there's a bully that I have hated for years, and I think I'm going to consider calling that guy. Like, what? He's like, yeah, I've held on to it for so long, and I can, I can imagine the freedom. If I can have that conversation, then what else could I do in my life? Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. I want you to know that finding ways to be more efficient, cut costs, and get rid of errors and mistakes can completely transform your business, boost your performance at the same time. This is why you need NetSuite now. Now, through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Monahan. netsuite.com slash Monahan. NetSuite.com slash Monahan. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer, and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, CBDistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep more calm and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. That sounds very liberating. Have you ever seen, because I want to give you the flip side of this. What if one time somebody calls the bully and the bully's mean and the person regresses? I mean, is there ever that downside of having the conversation? It's something worse. I mean, that's just what my mind's going to. What if something negative came from that call? Yeah. Well, this is why it's a tough conversation. They're tough because there's some kind of fear of loss and discomfort. You can't control it. So it takes vulnerability. What I'm risking in calling him is total judgment of him saying, you're a dickhead and, and 
you're a loser. You know, he could have said all sorts of stuff like that. Um, one thing that helped is I gave up needing anything from him. I wanted to share my experience and that I was letting it go. I was not demanding an apology. Therefore, I was not really at his mercy. All I really wanted from him was he's listening. Now I got a bonus out of it. Had he said, you're a loser, don't, don't call me with this kind of stuff. And by the way, in maybe a hundred calls that I've done, I don't think that's happened once. It just wow. hasn't happened. If you do it artfully, if you follow the four steps and we can give your listeners the blueprint that they can download, you're going to take ownership. You're not going to be dumping it on them. When you did this, I felt this. This was my experience. And then I'm letting it go. For example, I'm not blaming him. Now, had I started with blaming him for a bunch of stuff, that's asking for a train wreck. But because I'd done it artfully, it didn't happen. I've had one conversation that I can remember, one tough conversation that was a train wreck. It was horrible. And I, I got coaching before I had the conversation. And I've, had, I've asked four or five people after it if I could have done it better. No one could see a better way. It was someone, I'd invited a group of people to come to my party, my birthday party, because I liked almost everybody in the group. There was one person I was a bit uncomfortable with. And someone said, including her, and I was like, ah, oh, damn, I don't want her at my party. I had to look at my integrity. I don't want her there. She tends to grab a lot of attention and I wanted to be being my night. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? I don't want to uninvite her. That's rude. I don't want to uninvite the whole group because I want most of them. I'm going to have to talk with her. And so I had a conversation and uh, I shared my issue. I said, I want this to be my night. And sometimes the attention's on you. And, you know, can we have a signal? Like, I want you to come, you're invited. We have a signal. If I feel like something's too much, or you're taking all the attention, there's a signal to tone it down. And if that doesn't work for you, okay, maybe it's not a fit, but I laid it out on the line and she thought about it and got back to me and said, that doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to come. So it was actually a good, positive, right outcome, but she didn't feel good about the call and uh, we haven't had any, any conversation since, which actually I think is also appropriate because we're not friends and I don't want to be friends. Um, but that's like one of the worst outcomes that I felt like I had. And even that was probably what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad outcome because to me, what I hear was you didn't really like being around her. So I that's think it's, it's positive. I mean, that's, it's a yeah. much better situation probably for both of you. But again, yeah. I wanted her to easy. be happy. I wanted her to feel empowered and be happy. I didn't get that, but I guess I did get the outcome that I wanted in the end, which was her. She had the option to come under certain guidelines and she chose not to. So I actually, yeah, that probably was a good outcome, but, but my point is if you do it responsibly and you follow the, the four steps in the blueprint, your chances of having a good outcome are much higher. And what are the four steps? Four steps. Well, firstly you do, you we'll call it step zero is you do the worksheet that comes with the download and that'll help you prepare and understand what you're hoping will come out of it. You'll understand what you're afraid of. If there's a request to make, you'll write that down. So you get all these powerful things out of the worksheet. And then step one, ask permission. 
Don't just launch into this stuff with somebody and blindside them. Give them a little bit of context. Hey, can we talk, can we talk for about 10 minutes about the latest company policy? Um, my hope is that we'll be on the same page and that I'll feel much better about the policy or that there'll be a change that's made. So you're asking permission and that's where you'll slip in your hope from the worksheet. Step two, and this is optional, share your fear or concern. With this bully, that's what gave me the freedom to speak, to say, I'm worried about this. So you might say to my boss, to your boss, I'm hesitant to bring it up because I don't want to be the squeaky wheel. In fact, you've already said no to it and I want to, I want to have round two. So I'm, I'm hesitant that I'm going to get you offside or annoy you. And I think it's worth bringing it up again. You're kind of being, you're preemptive now. You're letting them know what you're afraid of and you're telling them, I'm on my edge here. This is a bit edgy for me. They're going to listen from a different place. Step three, this is where you share whatever your issue is. I want to change the company policy. I'm upset about this. When you did this, I felt hurt. Whatever it is, you share it. And then if you have a request, this is a great place to bring it. My request is we change the company policy. Or my request is we start a committee to do this. Or my request is you give me a chance to earn your trust back. Because I'm really sorry. Whatever it is, give them something they can actually do rather than just dumping a bunch of stuff. And then step four, this is where you get curious and you listen. Because we want tough conversations. We don't want tough monologues. So... I'm a control freak. I want to go in, wrap it up in a bow, get what I want and get out. <clears throat> I don't want to feel uncomfortable. But step four is where you really, you might say something like, thanks for listening. Now I want to hear how that lands for you. What are your ideas? Do you have a better idea than this? How is it for you to hear all that? Then you shut up and listen. And you might negotiate something that's better than what you came up with. They might have another idea. What if the person, what if you go through all these steps, which makes perfect sense to me, and you handle the conversation artfully, masterfully, and then the person says, well, I'm just going to have to get back to you. And then crickets, they don't say anything and you don't hear back from them. Someone said to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get back to you. I might say something like, thank you. Yeah, take, take some time to let this sit. I've had, I've had a month to dwell on this. So think about it. And um, what kind of time frame works for you? Shall we say, like, you know, we could keep it open-ended, but just so we can close the loop on this, uh, how long do you want? That's good. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, or, or I might just leave it with them for a few days and then get back. Do you want to close the loop on that? I'm just curious what's percolating. Touch base. Um, they, might, they might not have anything that they want to say. And that's okay too. But what's critical is that we give them the option and they're invited. And I really do want to know how this lands for them. You don't want to create another tough conversation for them by just dumping all this stuff on them and then running. You, if there is a reaction, you want to find out what the impact is and give them a chance to move through it. They might feel defensive. Okay, great. Tell me about it. Oh, I can get that. Yeah, I might feel defensive too if someone said that. Like the woman who I didn't want at my party, right? She didn't feel good. I said, I can get that. I don't think I'd feel good either if someone said that about me. If somebody wanted me to signal. 
Yeah. Someone said often you're too much and you take all the attention in the room. That might be hard to hear. So how do you identify a tough conversation? Because one of the things you're opening my mind to is that there might be tough conversations I need to have out there that I'm just not even paying attention to or aware of. I'm so glad you said that. See, this is, the, this is one of the tricks with me choosing this as my specialty. Most people aren't walking around going, I've got six tough conversations to have, and I, I'm just not sure the best way to have them. Usually people can find one, but what they can find easy, more easily is problems. So one way to identify your tough conversations, get a sheet of paper, write down anybody on the left-hand column who you don't feel 100% wonderful with or who you might complain about someone else to. Um, I just thought, okay, I've got an assistant and recently, um, recently, and hello, love you if you're listening to this. Uh, recently, she's been sick and I had a lot of complaints. And so that would be an example like, oh, there's a tough conversation to have because. I have a complaint here with this person. Um, the reporting wasn't happening the way I wanted. So it's like, we have to have a conversation about that. So list on the left, who are the people you don't feel 100% wonderful with or might complain about to someone else? And then on the right-hand side, what's the issue? They're too arrogant or I don't feel respected by them or something they're doing bugs me or he needs a shower or... I have a confession with this person. Like, I'm not saying you have to go and have all these conversations, but this is how you can start to identify the conversations that are waiting to happen. And then you might pick, pick a couple, circle a couple that you're ready to go and, go and try the four-step blueprint with. And as you get more confidence with it, you might be like, I'm going to keep going through this list. And you can work your way up to the, to the harder ones. And if some are really too hard, like you really cannot see the path. And particularly if it's going to involve some legal consequences or your partner breaking up with you and taking the kids or some re or losing your job, you might want to get some coaching first. Do some role playing. It can make a huge difference. You want to learn all your insights before the conversation if you can. You don't want to have the conversation and then realize later, oh, now I know how I could have avoided a train wreck. Yeah, that would of, be an epic fail. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of prep in event. For example, I went and did a conversation with some business partners. I was frustrated feeling like they haven't done enough. I want more out of them. So I did it pretty well. I created a video and sent it to them like a one-sided beginning of a conversation. But had I had a little prep, a little coaching, I could have stepped into their shoes first and realized that they could be thinking, well, dude, if you want more from us, you could ask for it. Instead of getting frustrated and telling us we're doing something wrong, you could just ask. If I'd just opened my mind and seen that beforehand, I could have thrown that into the video. For you guys, you guys might be thinking, why is this guy frustrated? He hasn't even asked us for anything, right? You could see like, like this seems crazy and I totally understand that. And I notice I've been feeling frustrated, so I'm asking now. I could have just preempted that because one of them did get a bit defensive and a little bit of coaching could have just taken that off the table. I find it so interesting that you as this master coach, you yourself get elicit coaching from somebody else. I think that that's really powerful. Yeah, because it's tough for me, partly because I can't see the whole board. 
I can't see the whole picture. I'm triggered. I'm worried about someone getting defensive or I'm worried about being upset at my own party or whatever. I'm kind of, I kind of got tunnel vision and someone outside me can listen to that. So when I listen to a client, they tell me what the issue is and I'm listening for, what are you worried about? I'm listening for what's the benefit of having this conversation. Why would we even bother? And I'm listening for what's the other person probably thinking. And then we'll do a role play and we'll switch and I'll be the person who has the tough conversation and they'll be their friend or their boss or whatever. And I'll speak all these things using the four steps and they go, wow, but I was, I'm outside them. So I was able to hear what's underneath and then make it explicit in the conversation. So sometimes, I mean, the four step blueprint can take you maybe 80% of the way most of the time. But when it's still tricky or scary, coach can help you work out why it's scary and find the path through it. So where can everyone get the blueprint? Where can they find you and, and find potential more coaching from you? Thank you. Playforreal.life is my website. Playforreal.life. And three invitations I have for you. One, download the blueprint. It's a free download. Secondly, if something's resonated for you in this conversation and you're seriously interested in up-leveling your life and your business or career, see if you qualify for a discovery session with me. And if you do, I won't charge you for it. We'll create a plan for your life and business. And uh, you might want to go and implement that on your own, or you might want to work with me on it. And the other thing is my podcast is now live uh, after 10 months of preparation, so tough conversations with David Wood, you can join me and listen to uh, me as well as Heather. Love that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, David. I know how busy you are. I know how many tough conversations you're tackling as a ninja all around the world, so I appreciate your time and being here today. You're welcome. Thank you, Heather. All right, and we'll be right back. Okay, so one of the things that I see others working on or an opportunity for others to work on is to hold the pen when telling your story. And this takes me back to University of Miami Law School this week and some of the feedback that I was giving the students, which is if you're not on LinkedIn yet, if you're not being forward leaning with your LinkedIn profile, update your picture, make sure you have a professional image, update your bio, ask for reviews and recommendations of your work. This is the society that we live in today. This speaks volumes for your business, for you, for your value proposition. You've got to differentiate yourself as unique. You've got to really be able to nail the why you and LinkedIn such a great place to do that. And no, this is not an ad for LinkedIn. I just want to help you. This is been such an unbelievable revenue driver for me for my business and it's such a great growth platform right now instagram used to be fast growing it is not now it is very difficult to grow on instagram so you know again we always want to grow our email list we want to grow our site traffic we want to grow our business but some really great organic ways to do that is through linkedin so get intentional about the message that you want to share and be consistent i remember uh, four years ago is when I really got intentional. This is when I was still in corporate America about bringing my message to market. I look back now and see the posts that I used to put up. They're so 
different and more stock like like I would use a lot of stock images of business meetings or whatever I don't know but it's really evolved to now I'm just more real me and it's been that's an evolution that didn't happen overnight it didn't happen necessarily by design but it happened by me becoming more comfortable and by taking small steps forward so that's what i would encourage you to do is take those small steps forward today to show up a bit more as the real you when you do that you inevitably end up weeding out the people that you're not supposed to be with, even though in the moment that can seem like a micro challenge. And I tell you, I am right there with you, but I'm constantly reminding myself, the more I'm the real me and I ask for what I really truly want, which I know I deserve and should be getting, the people that are not meant for me will fall away and the people that are meant to be with me will show up. It will happen. And you've got to have that faith. And I was speaking to a good friend who's going through a difficult contract negotiation, and this person is an absolute all-star. But I could tell it's been really trying on her that she's second-guessing herself. But she stopped and said to me, listen, I'm going to lean on my faith, and I'm going to lean on me. I'm good, and I'm better than good. I, I deserve this, and if these people don't want me, there will be somebody else that will. And it's all about moving forward with that faith and moving forward that we don't know what tomorrow holds. And that idea that there's uncertainty, well, uncertainty means anything is possible. We haven't figured it out yet, and we might be in that window of that micro-challenge today but that means that there is that macro opportunity tomorrow as long as we're showing up as ourselves and asking for what we want. And as Sarah Happ shared on, on my show a few weeks ago, asking for the sun, the moon, and the stars because that is exactly what we deserve. And you deserve that too. If you love true crime podcasts, Podcast One is a perfect destination. We've got two awesome true crime podcasts trending right now, and you have to check them out. First up, based on the iconic series on A&E, Cold Case Files explores some of the most difficult-to-solve murders which stymied investigators and went cold, sometimes for decades. Next up, Autopsy is the latest podcast from Reels and Podcast One. Every episode takes you in-depth celebrity deaths and their true cause. Check out both Cold Case Files and autopsy they're going to be your next favorite true crime podcast be sure to subscribe on apple podcast podcast one and many of your favorite podcast listening apps and if you haven't subscribed to my show yet please subscribe now and please leave a review reviews help so much in getting my show ranked and getting it shared with others so if you if you want to share my show on social media tag me I will repost it and be able to thank you and if you could please leave a review on my show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts even on Spotify now and send me a DM with a screenshot I will buy you my $299 confidence creator video course which has unbelievable feedback just as a way to say big thank you big support thank you so much for your support it means the world to me so until next week let's keep creating confidence
Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.